As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. You've been waiting all winter long, hearing them go on and on. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Luke, what's up, bud? Man, having a good day, Jed. This might be, well, I know this is, the first time in the history of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast that we are doing a show after a weekend in which the last time that each of us staged... Our wind light came on, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is pretty cool. That's something we haven't done yet, and you definitely held up your end of the bargain, but I don't think I have. So it's it's good to come into a show off of a great weekend. Went to the House of Smoke race at uh, my local track holiday raceway. My good friends David Wilson, Rusty Herring, and Mitchell Reeves put on a, a great local race for us here at Holiday Raceway. And, 3,000 pro and foot brake, and then Friday night before the race, they had a, a little golf cart race. And how about my little man, JJ, getting it done for the second time in a row? He won the Alabama Bracket Bash golf cart race, and then he comes back and wins 
or the pit vehicle race. He wins again Friday night. That was uh, really cool. JJ is quickly becoming the LeBron James of the golf cart race scene. <laughs> is that accurate? He really, he really is, man. He was 22. Take, I think he took. No, he's 22 and two above in the in the final, which is nice. Pretty yeah. stout on a golf cart, <laughs> and uh, I think he took about 30. So uh, that was a pretty good lap, and you know he just really yeah. driving it well. No interest in driving a junior. He's loving the golf cart racing. Take 30 at, what, 25 mile an hour? I mean, that's like a quarter inch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it's actually half track racing. So we race at the 330s. I don't know. We're probably going 16 mile an hour. I don't know what we're running, but it did feel like we gave it back about a tenth uh, when he took 30. So it was weird, but uh, it was a good time, real good time. A little guy got another win. And we uh, come into the weekend, um, the or Saturday race, and I ran both classes and Turned her 499 red and round number four, I believe, on the top. And foot brake my Nova for the first time all year and somehow snuck my way to the winner's circle. Got by our good buddy AD in the final, Adam Davis. So last year was the only time my foot brake my Nova was at the House of Smoke race. Adam beat me in the final. This year, the only time I've done it, I got by him in the final. So that was pretty cool to beat a guy that I consider as good as any in the country. Beat him in the final in a good race. Felt really good. Didn't drive that great, but finally found it when I needed to. Pretty cool stuff. Glad to see you remember how to uh, stare into that bottom bulb, Jed. That's cool. Well, I stared at it really good a few rounds. <laughs> it was, you know, I am going 580 and I have a 125, 60 foot off the bottom and I should, a guy like you would try to wonder how you can turn it green, but I was having to do a serious slide on the stage job. I mean, <laughs> there was no bumping it in, flicker, flicker. She did not flicker. She come on and stayed on a little bit before I got stopped. That's right. I, I am was, talking to a man that for years went like 590s deep, right? <laughs> yes, I can. I could probably deep stage my car right now, honestly. <laughs> I was leaving at 2900, sliding it in, didn't care where I landed, just as long as it wasn't right on the tip. And uh, <laughs> I was still, I, my spot was like 30. So, uh, yeah, I got pretty lucky and found it a couple of times when I needed to. It's a good time, and I always enjoy foot brake racing. Just what I do for racing entertainment these days uh, doesn't allow me to swap feet very much, so it was a good time. Fantastic. Jed, we've got a little different show today. Like, I don't want to be overly dramatic here and make it out like some of the things that we talk about are going to change the face of sports and drag racing. Like, That's probably exaggerating just a touch. But this stuff feels important right now, and we got a lot to cover in, in a lot of different directions. Some new developments, announcements, ideas. As usual, we will touch on some results. NHRA in Division 4 plus ET Finals out in Division 7 and in Division 2. And we'll have some fun. We'll get back to the wager ideas that we talked about last week. We got some ideas from our listeners, some stuff that seems a little extreme, some stuff that, uh, that, that seems like fun. And I don't know, we'll hash it out and figure out exactly what our punishment's going to be for the loser in this, uh, in this wager deal. But first, as per usual, Jed, let's start off by telling everybody who's hot. He's on fire. It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Seabird Performance, who's hot? 
Siebert Performance is now offering engine and carburetor packages. This week's featured package is the Pro Series Bracket 400. It is a 675 horsepower small block Chevy built with reliability and longevity in mind. It's got a dart block, AFR heads, vacuum pump, distributor, and optional Siebert Performance carburetor available as a package. Contact Luke Siebert at 724-286-6813 or check him out at SiebertPerformance.com. Luke, got another hot driver this week. It's, it's cool. I'm, I'm loving this bottom bulb hot driver stuff. Yeah, we could have gone a couple of different ways, as I think we could every single week, but this one seemed fairly obvious. This week's Siebert Performance Who's Hot goes to C.W. Hofer. C.W. won the NHRA Division 7 Bracket Finals in the Pro Class, which was impressive in and of itself. It went nine mm-hmm. rounds. There's a buyback in Division 7. I know you can run the same car in multiple classes. Get a big turnout, obviously, at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. CW won yeah. pro. That's pretty cool. CW also won Sportsman, an eight-round race at the same event, Division 7 bracket finals, <laughs> in what I presume was the same car. He was dialed 1220s in both, which is obviously on the oh, slow wow. end of pro, on the quick end of Sportsman. So that, in and of itself, a monumental achievement. To make CW's weekend even more memorable, the way that the Division 7 bracket finals work is that their bid to Pomona is not determined by the the regular bracket finals event. Like, that's what we're used to on the East Coast. Instead, they give that spot in Pomona to the Race of Champions winner. CW races typically with his best friend, or one of his best friends, at least, Ryan Mangus. In the Race of Champions runoff, Ryan got the win in Pro Eliminator. So he's going to Pomona. In the sportsman class, a woman by the name of Sacha Hofer, if that sounds familiar, (laughs) that's because that's CW's wife. She got the win in the sportsman race of champions. So those are your two Division 7 representatives at Pomona. They come from the same camp. In addition, as most of you diehard ET bracket racers and, and bracket finals racers know, the field at Pomona each year is made up of the seven division champions, or seven representatives from each division, but they're each an eight-car field. So what NHRA does is they have like a, a lottery each summer to determine what division that extra seed goes to in each of the categories. Well, it just so happens that this year, Division 7, it got the uh, auto bid for Sportsman. And they awarded that to the main event winner, which was C.W. Hofer. So not only did C.W.'s <laughs> camp sweep the bottom ball portion of the bracket finals, winning both the pro and sportsman, CW, and winning the pro race of champions, Mangus, and the sportsman race of champions, Sacha. They also combine for three bids in the world championship runoff in Pomona. So all of that put together, I think we could go any other direction this week with the Siebert performance who's hot than California native CW Hofer. Yeah, congrats to CW. Great racer. Um, obviously showing that. Winning both classes, pro and sportsman, in the same car. The pro classes uh, got to be pretty difficult to win going low 12s. Particularly uh, getting chased. at Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, everybody's tow truck would be chasing that. So uh, <laughs> CW looking out the back window and getting it done is pretty cool. And then coming over and getting the sportsman side. And obviously seeing his wife win had to be very special and one of his best friends and crazy Ryan Mangus getting it done. So 
I would say the world final is going to be a heck of a good time for that camp for sure. We did want to give a special shout out in that talking about CW's win uh, to uh, Pedro Valadez. Luke, that was a, that had to be pretty heartbreaking right there. Yeah, that was the final round of the Super Pro main event. Pedro ended up runner-up spot to Travis Theobald. Pedro's final round, he's perfect on the tree, one thou under, 10.44.9 on a 10.45. And according to our super assistant, Mark Romeo, Pedro was off the bottom. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) bottom bulb love there to Pedro. That's a heck of a lap, bud. Just come up a little short, so special shout out to him, but... CW getting it done in two classes, Luke. The the Division Seven finals, as you said, had uh, Travis Theobald getting the win in Super Pro over Pedro Valadez, and that one thou from Perfect over in the motorcycle category. Uh, Leo Shaver got the win over Aaron Pine. Those winners will be representing Division Seven at Pomona and Division Two. I'll correct you there. The Again, oh, that's right. Race it was, that's Champions Race of Champions. Winners, that's right. right. And the Race of Champions winners in Division 7 were Caitlin Wynott in Super Pro. Again, Ryan Mangus in Pro. Sacha Hofer in Sportsman. Rick Newport in Motorcycle. And as we mentioned, the Sportsman wild card this year went to Division 7. So that rep will be C.W. Hofer. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about Division 2 ET Finals. So you're saying there's a lottery and they pick the wild cards for each category and they'll just come from different divisions could is the lottery each year could it be a repeat division getting that wild card each year or do they try to rotate it somehow yeah it was actually ryan mangus of all people that was explaining to me how this works because i'm obviously a little bit out of the loop when i was in salt lake city he was telling me that and he was saying that division seven had won that wild card lottery like two or three years in a row in various bottom bulb classes because he was talking about how they had multiple wow. opportunities to make Pomona. So, um, no, like if you win it one year, you're not eliminated from the drawing the following year, the way that I understand it. Well, cool. Well, congratulations, CW, on being the Seabrook Performance Who's Hot and all those Division 7 friends of his that are going to represent their division at Pomona. But Division 2 had their ET finals, Luke, which is my part of the country, and uh, had some guys that are pretty familiar with the winner circle as well. The event winners here go to the bracket finals, as most other divisions. So Super Pro was uh, the Florida Duck, Brendan George. Brendan uh, saw him at Bristol. We hung out a little bit. He was quitting racing. Uh, he was done forever. <laughs> Everything was for sale. Comes back a week later and wins the Division Two finals, and he's got to drive all the way across country to to compete for his division. So great job by Brendan. Pro category was Tim Griffith, which is going to be a repeat trip for him to Pomona. He's been out there before and won the World Finals in uh, Jeep Cherokee, if I remember correctly. Hey, that Jeep Cherokee was no joke. (laughs) It wasn't. This won't be a Jeep Cherokee. This will be a Vega. I'm sure he'll haul his familiar Vega out there and compete. Good to see Tim going back. Great racer. Sportsman was Van Greer, which uh, everybody knows Van and the Greer family legacy and a van, I believe, has been out there and competed before. Yeah, I, if I remember say, I that. I don't think this is his trip, first trip to Pomona either. No, he's uh, he's done winning in Suburbans and Ford Escorts and all kind of stuff. So no telling what van will take out, but he'll probably take the family Mopar out. Motorcycle category was Dennis Stewart, and looks like Division Two got the uh, wild card in the pro category where my good friend Troy Stafford 
from Florida is going to go out and compete. And I know Troy was on Facebook earlier looking for a ride out there, rent a ride of some kind. So if somebody out on the left coast can help Troy and just let him fly in and give him something competitive, he'd love to hook up with you and, and get a race car. Yeah, we'll switch gears a little bit, Jed, get off the results. We'll get back and again talk about that NHRA divisional event in Noble, Oklahoma and the points ramifications that came along with it. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about the IHRA and the big announcement that they made this week. Did you see this, Jed? I did see it completely. You know, I was hearing that there was rumors, but I couldn't follow it close enough to figure out what the rumors were. I just heard everybody saying there's rumors and... Wow, this was a bombshell to me. Yeah, it was a, a very brief, I guess you'd call it press release from IHRA. Fairly vague, but the main point was this. Uh, IHRA will obviously continue with their Summit Super Series event, or Summer Su- Summit Super Series program, I should say, that has, I think, been wildly successful for the most part. Yeah. Um, the major change in IHRA is that their Summit Sportsman National Championship Series is essentially no more. They will replace it with a similar series that they're going to call the Summit Sportsman Spectacular. In short, the way that I take this, and again, the press release was fairly vague, no, no complete details, but in lieu of Top Dragster, Top Sportsman, Stock Superstock, and the 90 classes, basically each of these events will just be bracket races. Top ET, Modified, Junior Dragster, I think that was it. Yeah. And they did announce that this will be a 20-event series over 10 weekends, so they'll continue their double format, from what I can gather. They're trying to put together tracks, dates, details, obviously more to come. But just on the periphery, knowing what we know, Jed, thoughts? Luke, I'm I'm a bracket racer. Uh, I mean, I guess from a standpoint of what I love to do on the weekends, I think it's awesome. For the bracket racing community, I think it's going to bring some visibility to the bracket racers. They're going to get to compete on pretty neat stages. You know, seemingly a, a fair pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But I have spent some time in the pits at NHRA events where I see what people put into class racing and 90 racing and I hate it for those people. I mean, I really do. Uh, people have poured their heart and soul in the IHRA competition and skipped a lot of good stuff to go race it. And I can't say it was all for nothing because they've had opportunities to win great purses and prizes and those things while they were competing. But I still hate it for them. I mean, it has to be sickening that you spent the money and time that a lot of these people have spent to compete on that stage in that series. And to have it taken away is, uh, is probably a pretty rough feeling. Yeah, uh, I don't surprise is probably not the right word. N- not by the announcement at all. Like I think that the writing has been on the wall for something along these lines for years, probably. And I, I guess I was more taken aback than anything by the again on social media. Like you're just going to get a negative response like, sure. to, to any change. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No one likes change. But again, like. If you supported the IHRA, like this obviously isn't your fault. If you supported the IHRA Sportsman Series, you're, it's, you know, I'm not going to say, well, if they had more support, they wouldn't be changing this. Obviously, that's the case. That's not the fault of the people that were there. But with that in mind, like if you ran that series and you're consistently seeing 10 cars in your class, like this can't come as a huge shock. 
No. Um, they had to go a different direction. Where it really stinks is like the crate motor stocker guys. Like they don't have anywhere to go. With the ex- and some of the super stock classes probably the same way. With the exception of that, every car that was at an IHRA event falls into an NHRA category or falls into this bracket category. And really, all all these cars probably fall in the bracket classes. Um, just on the periphery, this to me makes a ton of sense, and I actually think that it's got a lot of potential. Like it could have a lot going for it. The IHRA is a is a nationally recognized sanctioning body, or internationally. I mean, obviously that's the name. With tracks throughout North America and established events, so to speak. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different format now. I think the biggest thing that IHRA has going forward in this, and again, the details weren't really released, but I think the biggest thing is Summit's backing. If this is along the same lines of what Summit did for IHRA Sportsman Racing a year ago, like each of those classes paid $15,000 to win. I assume all of that money came from Summit, and it was... $5,000 $5,000 for second, I think two or $3,000 for third. Like you add that up over seven classes, you're talking $150,000. If you split that over just three classes now, Top ET, Modified, Junior Dragster, like you can have a very lucrative points fund. Then you've got the reach of IHRA, like I would assume to potentially bring in maybe not a great deal, but at least some contingency program to a national, so to speak, bracket series. Like, that's a pretty good carrot to dangle out. And I just look at this, and and again, this is completely speculative, because we're just looking at a, I don't know, a 400-word press release here and, and drawing our own conclusions. But if I were IHRA here, Jed, like, what I would do is I wouldn't try to use this series to compete, so to speak, with the Spring Flings or the Tragic Results Ultimate Series. Like, that's a different market. What I would do here and where I think the biggest potential lies is to have, like, mid-range events. Maybe three to $5,000 to win, somewhere in that range, with the double format. With, again, some type of contingency program and, and I would assume, a significant points fund. And target those racers, make it enough money so that your local area racers, like it feels like a big deal and you entice some travelers, probably more so for the points fund than anything, but you make it a little bit bigger deal, but you don't price out the everyday competitors. Cause I think that that's a big problem in our sport or potentially a problem in sure. the future is that we're just driving the costs up and up and up. And if I were IHRA, I would target like pockets of the country that don't have a lot of competition, I guess you would say. The the problem that I could see this having is with just 10, basically 10 weekends, is if you spread them out too far, it's going to be very difficult for the average racer to attend enough events to claim points. And I would do one of two things. I would really either target pockets of the country, or it would make it to where, like, you just claim four races or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Where it's easy for, for people sure. in different pockets of the country to make a bunch of them. I think if they were to use their current format for the sportsman, like they, they got seven out of their best 10 or something. I don't think you can ask racers to go to five different events uh, unless they're all kind of centrally located. And that kind of defeats the purpose of a national series. So, but in general, like I can see the potential here. Like, I think this could be a really good thing. That being said, I'm a little bit skeptical. To make this work, Like you need to do two things, in my opinion. You need to promote the series and make it feel like a big deal among that sportsman crowd. Over the last decade, like 
I don't think IHRA has done a great job of that. I'm not going to say that they're not capable of it, but I think that they've fallen a little bit short. Yeah, I think most would agree with that. And the second thing to make this work, like to run events in a fair, efficient way and create an enjoyable atmosphere. Now, I think for the most part, to say that IHRA hasn't done that is unfair. Like most of the racers that run those events enjoy them. But having efficient, enjoyable race with 70 to 100 cars, as you well know, Jed, is a whole different animal than having an efficient and enjoyable race with 250 or 300 cars. And to make this work, I think that's what they're going to need. So they've got some challenges ahead of them, but I do think there's potential there. Yeah, I agree. And Luke, you know, I started out in my thoughts by talking about the, the class racers that are left out. You know, reality is there's still a place for them to race. Um, they can switch over to the NHRA side, some of them. Like you said, the crate motor guys are going to struggle, but uh, a lot of those super stock guys will have an opportunity to run this series because reality is 90% of your class racers, the last thing they want is a heads up. I mean, there's 10% of that crowd that's begging for a heads up, 90% that hopes they don't ever see one. So it's a bracket race anyway. So go support this and then hopefully something good will come of it obviously you'll have opportunity to compete for good prizes and championships still but um you guys don't put them up go support this see what happens i don't want to take just a minute to talk about racing rvs and the coach that i currently have if you guys are avid listeners of the sportsman drag racing podcast you probably heard me talk about this coach uh, i've had it for the entire hashtag off my rocker tour it is a 2003 30 foot renegade super slide tandem axle got a drop axle on it it's built on an fl 112 chassis with a c12 that's a 410 horsepower motor five separate sleeping areas and the coach can sleep up to 10 people two new leather sofas uh over cab bed dinette queen bed in the bedroom loaded coach it's got a uh, 12k onan diesel generator super quiet 200 gallon freshwater tank which is nice 30,000 pound hitch and a very nice 19 foot electric awning i was using that in noble oklahoma over the weekend to get out of the sun very nice motorhome and affordable. This thing's got 245,000 miles on it, at least after my trip it does. The asking price on this coach is $99,900. As with all Racing RVs coaches, they offer in-house financing, they take trade-ins, and they do have nationwide delivery available. If you would like to see this coach, you can see it at the Million Dollar Race in person. You can check it out at RacingRVs.com, or you can call Joe Fisher Direct at 419-236-1328. All right, Luke, uh, I'm headed to Huntsville Dragway this weekend for the uh, pre-million warm-up. And Bones has come up with something pretty interesting. <laughs> I, uh, I never saw this coming. It, normally, he would talk to me about whatever he's thinking about doing, and then this just popped up, and it's getting a lot of attention. See, uh, I, I think he had an idea of what your response would be, Jed. Because I was actually in line to park at Indy, Bones called. And there is, as you well know, there is no telling what you're going to get when you answer that phone, right? (laughs) That's true. And it was as fired up and as excited as I have ever heard him about anything. Man, I got this awesome idea. (laughs) That sounds about right. All right, shoot. (laughs) 
and um, he lays this out. Why don't, since you're a little bit closer to the situation, I'll let you explain exactly what they're doing this weekend. All right, so it's 310 Granders at Huntsville Dragway, the pre-million warm-up, a really good entry fee, the whole deal, great-looking race. But on Saturday, the meat of the sandwich, 10 Grander, they are going to, when they get down to eight cars or less, they're going to seed the cars based on winning reaction time. And as they seed them, the first racer will get the opportunity to call out any other seed that they want to race. And they're not going to pair the cars, Luke. It's going to be call out only. <laughs> and so, so the number one seed. If you have the best reaction time of the previous round, you get your pick of the remaining competitors. I want to race this guy or that girl. Yes. Okay. And then, so let's say number one picks number two. Mm-hmm. So number three would get the next pick. And then you just keep going until until four people have picked. Or obviously it could be seven, could have a buyer or whatever, whatever how it falls. But you're going to call out your opponent in a 10 grander in the quarterfinals, Luke. I mean, yeah, I think people are having fun with this and they're enjoying it. And I love Bones like a brother. He is in my fave five for life. But Has he got is he crazy? there right now? I mean, there, there's only a few reasons you would ever say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to reassure him. That's why I'm saying, just in case he listens. But is he crazy? Uh, yeah, so what's your take here? Like, assuming that you are not in the field, first off, and you're just watching this happen, well, what do you think of it? Okay, if I'm watching it, I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. And I and I think it generates a little bit of excitement. I hope that they feature it or cover it in a way that it creates some excitement, like outside the racetrack. Like I'd like to see this on Facebook Live, something like that. And this is one of those things that I think, if it's done right, can create some excitement, like outside of sportsman racing. Like that's I think what we need. Now I don't know that it'll get to that point. But you create a little bit of tension, you create a little bit of drama, you create some additional storylines. Like, as uh, from the outside looking in, I think this is good for our sport. But at the same time, it essentially like bucks the whole trend and the whole um, social aspect <laughs> of <laughs> our, our sport. And, and I feel like, just from the, the tension in your voice, that that's what you're getting at. How would you feel now if you were involved in this if you were one of the final eight cars well i think i've got uh, two sides of that if i'm forced to call someone out i mean you know i'm trying to be lovable jed out there so <laughs> if i'm forced to call someone out I, I can't help but think in the back of my head this guy or girl thinks i just i think i'm gonna beat him is why i called him out and now i'm getting anxiety if i'm down the seeds a little way and i get called out i'm a little bit pissed right and i mean this that. dude or girl thinks they can beat me who they think they are yeah <laughs> they not just see i was just 41 and that's why i'm the number seven seed and uh, i mean i i'm gonna be hard to beat here this was my <laughs> quote to bones when he told me how this was gonna go down i'm like wow well I hope that at 15 cars, I'm red behind a red so that I'm number eight on the ladder. And I'm just going to stand yes. up there right in the middle of it and say, y'all got to bring some to get some. 
<laughs> Come on. I, yeah, I mean, I like that approach, and I think that's really good. If you're red behind a red and you can roll you three or four thou in and feel good, then, yeah, I'm all for that. But still, I, I just, you know, what I would worry about a little bit, let's say we, we both get to seven and my good buddy's in, and I know that he's just, you know, burn a head gasket or whatever. So now I can make the call out. And I don't want to think that could happen, but it could. So, you know, I make the call out and I get a free round at eight and a 10 grander. So that's one of the things I probably wouldn't be real fond of. But well, let's the other. Honest, in, in obviously, if you're going on a set ladder, you have no control over it. But a lot of the races that we run are random pairing, like stuff like that can be organized as it is. Yeah. That's not that you're different. Right. You're right. And, and the same way, like, say the, the Pennington's are there and. Michael and Peeps and Philip are all still in. Well, if it was a random pairing deal, there's no way that they would run each other. So if they got to call out, obviously they wouldn't call out one another. That's really no different. But I think what makes it so intriguing, like you say, is if you are the on the pole going in and it's an even number, like you have to single out someone and say, yeah, you, you and me. And that's a level of drama that we don't really have in our form of racing. Yeah, and I probably shouldn't discuss things like this on air because somebody could use it. But another potential issue I see, let's say you got two world beaters. Let's say you got a Luke Bogacki and, you know, a West May and and you guys somehow managed to be fourth or worse. Well, now us three, us first three seeds can get together and make sure that you and Wes race. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to deal with both of you. Only one of you is going to get through. So there's a lot of things that obviously you will have the ability to heavily impact the outcome of the race, not only by what you do, but who you choose to race. So, I, you know, those things are just weird to me. I don't say there's anything wrong with them, but I tell you, if I'm not in, Justin Yall is going to be the announcer there. I'm not the announcer, but if I'm not in, man, I want to have that mic in my hand when these call outs are made. <laughs> I, I want to make a big deal. I want to be the guy standing out there with a cordless so when, they're, when they're picking. If you were the top seed, it would scare you to death. But if you were not involved, you would be the first guy in there stirring the pot. That's what you're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> but if I somehow was the first seed... I think that I still might be a guy that says I defer. You know, I wonder if you can defer. Let somebody pick me, man. I don't want. I don't want to pick somebody to race. If I was Bones, I would not give you that option. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's a, it's a really neat idea. I think it's really cool, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that plays out. It is Saturday only, but if it goes well, who knows? Bones might put it in all of them. Yeah, interested to see. Jed, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the one, the only, Britt Cummings. We're going to make him the big interview. This will be a short interview, but Britt's got a little announcement. We teased it a little bit last week. So let's say quick break, and uh, and we'll have Britt Cummings on with us here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Joining us now on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is driver of the Mosier Engineering Supercomp Dragster and Stock Eliminator Corvette, a former IHRA world champion, um, seasoned race promoter in his own right, and the obvious brains behind the Bayou Boys Racing Team, none other than Britt Cummings. Britt, what's happening, brother? Uh, not a lot, Luke and Jed. We... Uh... 
rolled up here to Dallas, Texas at the national event, sitting here preparing for a uh, birthday party that's going to happen in our pit area tonight. Um, I don't know how that happens, but the party <laughs> always finds us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Go figure. <laughs> Whose birthday? Uh, it's Madison Ellison's 21st birthday. I call her Kentucky. Okay. Uh, uh, Cole kind of Cole and Madison uh, kind of like each other here for the last couple of years, and uh, <laughs> she she's been very very pleasant to be around. Very good. She's good people. Happy yes, birthday, sir. Madison! Absolutely, happy birthday, Madison. Britt, we uh, we teased this a little bit on the show last week, and I know you've teased it just a little bit on Facebook, but uh, from the sounds of it. Galen Rollison came up with another knockout idea. This is the same pair that uh, that um, brought us the All-State Challenge just a few weeks ago, or I guess about a month ago now. Um, you guys got something else up your sleeve, and I think you are ready to tell the world about it. What better place to do it than here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast? Yes, obviously, uh I've been, you know, I, I've been waiting to be on a podcast for a particular reason, which we'll get into later. Um, but oh yes, we we teased y'all teased it last week, and uh, I teased it a little bit this week. Galen come up with this idea, and we've been working on it since June. Um, you know, they had a lot of people that was kind of butt hurt about not being asked to be on the dream team on the uh, all state. Teams, you know, they some some people called it popularity contest, and that person don't live in that state no more, and basically just bitching about the whole thing. But so we said, well, how can we make it better and have a race to where all these people that feel as though they got left out have a race for them? So Galen come up with the idea of, okay, well let's have a race to where they can pick their own team. It don't state lines don't matter, and you know, you bring your five buddies, you bring five people that you that will be willing to be on your team and show up. And uh, basically, you know, the dream team in 1992, uh, the original Olympic, when the, 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 the year the NBA professionals got to be on uh, the basketball Olympic deal, they called it the dream team. I said, well, if we're going to do five people, why don't we call it the dream team race? So Galen said, okay, well, we're going to have a dream team race. So we've been working on it. And um, obviously y'all had the idea of the all-state race and which had never been done before. And I kind of want to be myself and Galen want to be the first to do, to do, to, to do something and, you know, kind of, change bracket racing to do something that's never been done so this is this is going to be the deal and this is i guess we're officially announcing this and it's still unofficial we don't have an actual flyer for it yet but let's call this an unofficial official announcement i guess (laughs) i I like the sound of that so yeah the each dream team is going to be five members this is a, a top ball bracket race um how many how many teams are you going to take are you going to take as many as sign up or well, uh, our initial thinking is, you know, we don't know what the response is going to be. Obviously, you know, with the All-State deal, going back to that, you know, we didn't know what the response was going to be to that, and uh, it worked out very well. And, you know, let's just do round numbers right now. Let's just say we're going to take 32 teams, 32 teams of five. 
Um, for the top bulb, we're going to do $300 per person, which is 1500 per team. Okay. Uh, so 32 teams equals 48000 And just like the all-state race, we're going to make it 100% payback. Awesome. Um, mm. So if, if this takes off like we think it's going to take off, you know, it can be 32 plus 32, okay? I'm going to say right now the max we're going to take is 64 teams. Um, so 64, if you figure in the entry fee money, it's 96000 And what we're going to do is, you know, obviously racers, you know, they do their own deals, but it's going to be winner take all. We're not going to be involved with round money and winner runner up semifinals, but it's going to be winner take all. Y'all do y'all's own deal. That's it's our race, and that's going to be the rule. You're so speaking my language. Teams, here. <laughs> the... Yeah, you know, 32 teams at page 48, 64 at page 96. So basically, if you want to be in this race, you create in your own purse. That is awesome. And the, what I think, at least if I understand you correctly, and the way that you're wanting to structure this is the format of this is going to be different than basically any bracket race in history because if there are 32 teams, as an, as you used an example, what's that, 160 entrants, it's not just like a 160-car bracket race. Tell us how this is going to get paired up and shake down. Well, it, you know, going back to things I've done all my life, let, let's just say if, you, if you've ever shot Bush League pool, you know, basically, um, let's just say Team 1 and Team 2, we're going to have a predetermined ladder. It's going to be tournament style, just like if you're in a softball tournament or a pool tournament or whatever. Um, Let's say Team Luke and Team Jed. We, we team Luke and up, Team Jed. We got to race first round. Y'all have to race first round. Y'all coming to the staging lanes, we're going to flip a quarter, and whoever wins the coin toss has the option of putting up their first driver or letting the other person put up their first driver, and then you match them. And then it will alternate from there uh, on who puts up. So basically, uh, that's three out of five wins, and you advance to the next round. And the next round, there would be 16 teams remaining. Correct. Awesome. Uh, I'm liking the way this sounds. So even if a driver loses, but his team gets three out of five, then uh, that driver gets to go compete again. Exactly. Now, there is a drawback to it. You know, what if a team goes out there and wins 3-0? Well, it, it's going to really suck for the team that, that loses. Two guys, there's no no reason at all for them to go down a track on a losing team. If, the, <laughs> if they get skunk three to nothing, you know, the, it's over with. You know, and um, guess what? We can't help it because your team... That's just going to say, Luke. We can't help because your team sucks. <laughs> you, you, you pick your team. You're you're racing for the entry that you, y'all basically created. I love it. So this is, uh, I assume, just knowing how you guys operate, this is this is your call out to all of those guys that didn't get in the All-State that felt like they should have, felt like they had a right to it. This is their opportunity. They can put together a team of their own. Bring out the five baddest dudes that you know. Put up or shut up, right? Basically, yes. You hit the nail on the head. You know, for all the people that were, let's just say, internet trolls that bashed the all-state race, you know, that, that it was a popularity contest and, 
only the team captain put his buddies on it, this and that and the other, and they should have been on it. They was a track champion here and there and the other. I mean, who who really gives gives a crap? Um, <laughs> you create your team, and you know it's it, it is what it is. I like it. Well, as you know, uh, I'm in. Um, this is Bracket Racing Elite. Will be represented. Obviously, I've got a little bit of insider information here. I had a little heads up. Um, but we will field a team strictly of elite members. Um, super fired up to be a part of this. Britt, do you guys have a date and a location as of yet? Hold yeah, on just a second, Britt, before you answer that. Oh, okay. I, I mean, we so we're not even going to talk about the possibility of me having a team? I mean, is this just all about this is Bracket Racing Elite? Or? You do whatever you want, Jed. I'm just saying <laughs> I have well, a team. Because, um, I mean, hashtag team bad guys. We might all just get know, together and roll to Memphis. We all know that your team might as well be an all-state team because everybody's going to come from Alabama because there ain't no good racers that come from anywhere but Alabama, and that's fine. Well, yeah, and Look, there, I and can't there remember no, who won there all-state. No, <laughs> there's no team in sports history that's better than come from Alabama, right, Jeff? Well, I mean, so far, we've won every all-state challenge that's ever been held. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and y'all are good at football, and y'all are good at whatever, kickball league yeah, that you're on, doll. you know, so tiddlywinks or whatever, y'all all do that. <laughs> and we eat good, too. Well, yeah, I can share the same thing. No, I'm from Louisiana, you know, we eat good, too. So now you can answer the question. I just felt like I got passed up right there just a little bit. So no, hey, this is open for everybody, Jed. You know, uh, you you can pick your team. Um, I don't hope you don't get. Well, hey, that's good. And, and as far as the insider information, Luke, I want to hit on that. I've kept this, and me and Galen have kept as much of a secret as possible because. I'm sure there's going to be some internet troll out there that says, well, they had information. They've already got their team stacked. I didn't have a chance to get so-and-so. Well, hey, we kept it as quiet as possible. We give teasers. There's only been a few people in in mine and Galen's think tank that knows about this. And, um, you know, nothing against anybody. It's been very limited for anybody having any inside information of this. Better hope you they better get on the phone when they hear this podcast. You better get on the phone and start picking your team. Yeah, believe me, my team for the most part, we have uh, it'll all be this is bracket racing elite members. It's not going to be a, a hand picked, uh, like I'm not going to have five former million dollar race winners on my team. All right. And speaking well, of your teaser, Britt, the, the, the post you made on Facebook, I've never looked better. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it very much. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think you look real good. I mean, you look very healthy in that picture. <laughs> I, did. I did look really up. My wife told me I had a nice body in that picture. <laughs> I think I was like a bird. I'm not a, I wouldn't swear to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I had I had my my boy, Baby Cole. He he took care of all, all that for me. You know, I'm not very good with computers or all that. I'm trying to learn at 48 years old, but uh, Cole helped me out a bunch with that. He did good. Shout out to Cole. All right. Uh, are you comfortable with date and location yet? Or are we not? Are we that coming? Details coming uh, soon? Yeah, we can go ahead and um, we can we can talk about it. Um, the date will be Memorial Day weekend. So we have May 24th through 27th, which is Thursday through Sunday. 
or we have May 25th through 28th, which is Friday through Monday. Mm-hmm. Haven't decided quite which direction we're going to go. We're actually going to ask, ask for a little feedback on that. Um, to be honest with you, you know, whatever works for the racer, if we have any immediate comments on it, uh, feel free to private message me or Dalen. And uh, we want to do what's best. If, you know, if you want to race Thursday through Sunday and then go to the lake on Monday, hey, send us a, chat, send us a uh, private message on our uh, Great American page. Now, obviously, the Dream Team shootout will be the marquee event of the weekend, but you're talking a three- or four-day race. What are you going to have with it? We're going to have a um, 10, 20, and 20 uh, for a $500 entry fee. Nice. Um, uh, and let me get back. We didn't talk about what's going to be. It's going to be in Memphis. Um, me and Galen feel very comfortable at Memphis, you know, being we've worked with their staff and, uh, basically we've trained each other to how each other thinks. Uh, so we're, we're going to go back to Memphis. It'll be Memorial Day weekend. Just haven't decided whether it be Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Monday. Uh, along with a 10, 20, and 20, $500 entry fee, um, which I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, we're going to, there's going to be a race that goes, pays back to third round winners. Um, and, you know, basically with the 100% payback deal with the, the um, dream team, we, we would hope that everybody would enter the races so me and Gala can make, you know, it worth our while, you know, for, putting on this race and, and the, the dream, the dream team race will be highlighted one day. That, that is all we're going to do is a dream team race. Oh, okay. So it'll be a four day event. The 10, 20, 20 will basically surround that. Yes. Uh, I can pretty much, you know, just, just putting it out there preliminary Saturday will be the dream team day. Awesome. I like it. Cool. And, um, um go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I think Memphis is the obvious choice. Great facility, um, a central location, and obviously you guys have a great working relationship with the staff there, as you alluded to, uh, most of which stems from the Great American Bracket Race and the All-State Challenge, which we talked about earlier, um, came to completion, came to a head finally after all the talk um, about a month ago, and I think overall was an overwhelming success i know um just like myself and like jed uh you and galen are perfectionists so i know that you guys stayed up the night after the race talking about what all you could do to make it better um i know it's a little bit early in the game but any um big updates or announcements changes for next year's all-state challenge i assume it will be the same weekend it's typically after labor day weekend um but what are, what are you guys thoughts there uh, basically we're, you know, we're not a one and done type of a group We're we're, we're obviously going to have the all state race again, uh, same format. You know, hopefully we have more states. We, we are considering for teams, let's just say Nevada, for instance, that basically couldn't fill the team because they didn't have enough people to commit, um, to add to it this year, we're going to let just say Nevada and Arizona. If you are a bordering state, we'll, we will allow two bordering states to put a team together. Cool. Yeah, that um, makes sense, especially means, for the, the states that are far away. 
Yeah, the states that are far away, we'll, we'll, if you're a bordering state, we'll let you put a state, put a team together, and whatever state has the four, you know, obviously it has the most team members, will be the state represented. Uh, you know, at kind of a, what I asked for, Tony, you know, just for purposes, just say Nevada slash Arizona. Yeah, Arizona, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, I think that's a great we, idea, Britt. Yeah, I mean, it just, it will get, you know, a lot of people have problems, you know, having people to commit. Commitment is the main thing, and and that goes, the commitment deal goes to us as a as promoters putting it right together. I mean, we have to have commitment to where we can have our ducks in a row when we get there. You know, we can't have people pulling out at the last second and then it really throws it for a camp. Because, I mean, Galen is way more of a perfectionist than I am, and he was about to lose his mind at Memphis for the All-State race. Uh, uh, he's uh, all about time, starting on time, and this and that and the other. And we had a few, you know, bad circumstances that, that put us behind the eight ball um, at the All-State race. Uh, that we had no control over. Uh, but, you know, I had a person that's been on this podcast before that's told me it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think we made a major comeback on Saturday evening and um, made the race happen, and everybody left there pretty happy. I agree with that. Yeah, I think the, the race obviously presented some unknowns uh, since it was the first of its kind, and you guys responded as well as you possibly could. And I know that you'll take that information, Britt, and you and Galen get together and and correct a couple of challenges, and it'll just be bigger and better next year. Looking forward to it because I don't know if y'all heard, but Alabama's won every All-State challenge that's ever been held, so I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I heard that. And for the All-State Challenge, the, the team captains that were involved this past year, they're going to have the first right of, of refusal uh, to be or not to be the team captain. Um, so that'll be coming in in, a, in the next month or so. I've already talked to three or four team captains. A couple has declined, and a couple has accepted, you know, that they want to do it again. So, um, you know, we, we're going to do two races, and we're going to try and make them the best we can to our ability. And even the, the pre-Allstate video that me and Galen done, we, we didn't say that we were going to be the best at running over 150 cars. You know, the, the, up until that point, the most we had was 150, 160. And we knew we could do that. And uh, with 354 cars, you know, it, it really put a, put us in a bind and the racetrack in a bind. And like I said, some unforeseeable circumstances. Um that well, I'll be corrected. You know, Sunday evening. Some people know that I haven't been in the best of health leading up to the All-State race, but I had the opportunity Sunday evening to sit in a tower by myself, and I had three pages of notes on how to fix everything that had went wrong. And uh, I think we've got a real good jump start on it. I have no doubt you guys will respond well. Looking forward to seeing the, the changes and. Just being a part of it again is really cool, Britt. Absolutely. Britt, man, thank you for spending some time coming on with us. Uh, hope that your uh, your health issues are nothing significant, and uh, wish you guys nothing but the best of luck this weekend in Dallas and beyond. Well, I appreciate it. The one thing we didn't hit on, Luke and Jed, is um, for the Dream Team race, I, we are going to have 
we're going to accept eight bottom bulb teams. Oh, that's right. Um, we didn't allude to that. So the first eight people that contact us, it's going to be a $200 entry fee and winner take all tournament style, just like the top bulb portion that we talked about earlier. Um, so basically eight teams is going to be, is going to pay eight grand for three rounds of winner take all. I like that. And, really uh, cool. Just like, just, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, and when I say bottom bulb, I, I apologize, Jed. It's going to be foot break only. It's going to be foot break only for this uh, race. I love it. I love it, Britt. Just one one question, and not necessarily for me, but there's a lot of guys out there. What if a guy wants a, wants a dream team that he's a part of on the top, and he wants to be a part of that uh, bottom bulb, too? Is that an option at all, or you guys uh, talk about I, that? I, I, w- I will. That's the first, I mean, I have a think tank. And that's the first time that question has been raised. But uh, initially, I would say if you are on a top bulb team, you can only be on a team once, and you can only be on one team. Okay. On the top. But with you asking that question, I don't foresee a problem with a person being on a top bulb team and a bottom bulb team. I really don't foresee that being a problem. Sounds yeah. like I may have to sharpen up my bottom bulb skills, Big Jed. I should have a Vega ready by Memorial Day. So you should. I, I should. bet you can sharpen them in a hurry. <laughs> I, inquiring minds want to know, you alluded earlier, you've, you've been wanting to come on the podcast for some time to, I presume, bust our balls about something. Um, where were you going with that? Well, it's not really busting your balls. Um, you know, next week there's a pretty significant race, right? That's what they. That's what yeah. I hear. Yeah, that's what they hear. They, uh, some, uh, it's Montgomery. It's a million dollar race. Yeah, that's a yeah. pretty big one. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Well, I haven't raced in six weeks. Uh, obviously, everybody, a few people know I haven't been in good health. I, I elected not to race this weekend in Ennis. Um, I have a heart monitor on. They're going to monitor me this weekend. But my plan is to race the million dollar race next week. Oh. Um, with that said, you know, I've, I've been waiting and holding off because I'm going to try and get some of that podcast bump, baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this was good timing, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, perfect well, timing. Hey, hey, I just look dumb, fellas. I just look dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. superstition, but I, I do pay attention. It tends I'm to waiting work on the out. podcast we, bump. Yeah, we, we got a pretty good track record, so I, I like where you're coming oh. from. I like where your head's at. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I try and think all the time. I said, well, maybe I can use this to my advantage. You know, uh, I let Galen do it for the whole thing. I said, I'm, I'm going to hold on and, and try and get on here at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it, bro. That's uh, that's good luck to you, but I'm waiting on a podcast bump myself. So, you know, it's not a guarantee, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's got a pretty good track record right now. I, I know that. I know that for sure. So. I appreciate y'all having me on here. Um, obviously, with our two races, all the sponsors, um, you know, Moser Engineering's been involved with us for the um, All-State Race and the Great American Bracket Race. And this race will be called the Great American Race Dream Team Challenge. Uh, we're going to we're gonna stick with our logo and run it off the same page. Go like and share our Facebook page. Stay tuned for any information. You never know what's going to come about of it. 
Um, I will say, you know, for all the haters out there, it's time to put up or shut up. Don't be trolling us on Facebook unless you have a team there. Don't want to hear it. I like it. Thanks a million, Britt. Good luck this weekend. Um, enjoy the party tonight. Happy birthday, Madison. And uh, and we'll catch up next week, buddy. All right. Thank you all, guys, for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it, Today's podcast is presented in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. How can This Is Bracket Racing Elite help you become a better racer? Uh, Number one, we have experienced instructors, myself included, for you to model. I personally have made just about every mistake possible in my 20 years of racing. You can learn them from me rather than doing it the hard way trial and error. Modeling can significantly accelerate the learning process. Number two, we'll provide the appropriate trainings, drills, and exercises to help you enhance your game. Now, you've got to put in the work, but we will provide the tools. And number three, best of all, the accountability. We don't just suggest what to do. The group members will motivate and challenge you to follow through. Elite in that way creates its own check and balance system. has been commonplace for seemingly the entire 2017 season. It was a big weekend for Elite. Uh, We mentioned earlier, Travis Theobald got the Division 7 Super Pro Championship out in Las Vegas. Travis is an Elite member. At the race that I was at in Noble, Oklahoma, particularly in the Super Classes, Elite put on a show. We had three of the final six Super Comp entrants. We had Chris Bang get the runner-up in Super Street, which also catapulted him into the lead in the Division 5 Super Street standings. And I was able to win Super Gas, so more or less... Not necessarily a clean sweep of the superclasses, but we were very well represented late. If you want to reach and expand your potential on the racetrack, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can help. Check us out at thisisbracketracing.com. Alright Luke, let's get back to some results. Uh, there was... Um Lucas Oil Divisional Series event in Noble, Oklahoma that uh, you're very familiar with and by all accounts was a good weekend for you. Didn't quite go the exact direction you wanted it, but still turned out well. Tell us a little bit about what happened out in Noble. Let me just run through results first. Top dragster saw Bradley Thompson get the win over Ross Larice. Top sportsman, Kirk Pepke over Larry I, you know, I think I'm, I mispronounce the Larry and Jeremy's name all the time. I don't know if it's Demers or Demers or Demers. Or, I've heard it so many different ways. I'm uh, going with Demers. I'm with you. I hope that's right. I like it. Super Comp in a clutch performance. Austin Williams gets the win. That win for Austin Williams, we've talked about most of the season. He was mired in the Super Comp points chase. It's not official, but it's over. Austin Williams, with that win, will be your 2017 NHRA Super Comp World Champion. Came into that race wow. um, three and a half rounds behind John LaBouche Jr. Leaves that race, I don't know, three or four rounds ahead. And the major, well, of the, the main contenders, LaBouche and Gary Stinnett, are out of races. And myself and Nick Folk have races remaining. Like, I don't think that I could pass Austin unless I won two races and one of them was eight rounds. Nick has three or four races left and has a mathematical shot, I believe, but it would take like three consecutive finals 
maybe three consecutive wins. It, it's something ridiculous. For, mm. for all intents and purposes, Austin Williams showed up, bowed up, and will leave Noble not only with the trophy for the weekend, but in all likelihood, the 2017 National Championship. Supergas, yours truly, got the win. Right trophy, wrong class. <laughs> but we'll take it. A win in the Racing RVs Corvette. Probably be my last Supergas appearance in that car. So very cool to go out on a high note. Got the win very over cool. uh, the always tough Gary Mitchell in the final. Gary's in a Pinto. Goes 130 mile an hour. Don't see that very often in Supergas. <laughs> Made a tricky final for me. Seeing as I go almost 170. And yes, that is just as hard on me as it is on him. I can attest to that. But... Uh, <laughs> Super Street was fun. Corey Lytle got the win. Corey says throttle stops are overrated. Didn't need one of those. I know, Jed, you're familiar with Corey's work as a, yeah. a regular at Thunder Valley Raceway Park. And a, I, don't, I don't know if dominance is the right word. He wins a lot there. And yeah. um, I, I kind of heard through the grapevine that this was Corey's fourth time to enter that car in Super Street. It's never had a throttle stop on it. This is his familiar um, Chevelle. And is his second victory. I think someone was telling me at some point throughout the weekend, like he unloaded and went like 1098, and that's all we got. So there was uh, some maybe batteries and oil shed at some point to get <laughs> under the 1090 index. But the, with the right driver behind the wheel and the uh, the right makeup, that works out. Corey Lotto got the Super Street victory over the aforementioned Chris Vang. Chris, a member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite in contention for the Division 5 championship and again took the lead in Division 5 with that runner-up. Superstock saw Ed Wright get the win over Jacob Pitt. Ed Wright, the, he had the best line of the, the winner Circle presentations. Like at Divisionals, all the winners get together, hold the trophies, we have a group shot. And Ed said, uh, who's, who's an older gentleman, not, not sure Ed's age, but uh, Ed's holding his trophy and he said, where do I need to be? What hat do I need to wear? And everybody kind of looks at him and uh, he says, look, the last time I did this, I had brown hair. <laughs> and he's very gray these days. So <laughs> kudos to Ed Wright. And then uh, stock eliminator, it was John McLaughlin, uh, got the win over my buddy, the original Tex-Mex, Jeff Lopez. Jeff put on a show throughout the day, ended up Runner-up in stock, also was a semi-finalist in Super Gas. So, good outing yeah. for Mr. Lopez. And Jeff's had a really good year in stock. Uh, very, very proud of him. That's a great family, and uh, great to see Jeff continue to do well. And on Corey Lytle, I mean, Luke, you, you win half of the Super Street races you enter. That's impressive enough. You do it without a throttle stop, and you're the freaking man. So, good job, Corey. <laughs> Pretty good track uh, record there. But back to you, Luke. You uh, you was uh, off your rocker tour, chasing the dream. Really wasn't chasing the dream because you've you've done it a couple of times. You were just uh, uh, intrigued by the the opportunity, mm -hmm. but come up a little short in Supercomp. But tell us a little bit about Supergas. I mean, that was still had to feel great. Obviously, your last time in the the Charlie Stewart race cars Corvette. On super gas, anyway. So. It's funny, Jed, because when I look back at that four-race tour, basically, as it pertains to NHRA Divisionals, Dallas, the two races at Utah, Noble, I drove much better in Super Comp than I did in Super Gas. I had a better car under me for most of the time in Super Comp as opposed to Super Gas. I really do feel like I turned a corner with the combination of the roadster, which is fitting. I've been fighting with it for the better part of two years. The last time that I staged it in Supergas, I got it figured out. 
Perfect. So, yeah, just just <laughs> perf- impeccable timing. The good news is there is a buyer for that car it's somewhere out there, and they're going to get a really good car. <laughs> I got it. No, I, in regards to the whole thing, like, no regrets, man. No regrets at all. I, I had a blast. As I told you, the, the reason that I wanted to do it was to get that rush, that feeling like every round matters. And I did that. I actually had the potential to really have a, a, a fun race at Noble. A guy named Jeremy Deemers got in the way of that. The way that the we, Austin and I both won first round on um, Saturday night. And the way that it shook down coming in, we were, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I think, we were in similar position coming into the race. Austin had to win the fifth round of competition in order to pass John LaBoost Jr., take the national points lead. I would have had to win the sixth round of competition. Ladder comes out, assuming that we could have both gotten there, Austin and I would have met in round five with the potential buy run in round six. So that means if he wins, he wins round five, he passes LaBoose. If I win, I win round five, I get the buy run in round six, I pass LaBoose. And it essentially, I mean, there were some other potential situations there, but essentially it would be one round for the world championship. And the ladder came out, Austin and I actually talked about it Saturday night. We're, we're pretty tight. He's a good dude. We, oh, yeah. we talk a lot. And uh, thought. And just the basis was like, I know that we both have a long way to go to get there. But how awesome would that be? Like, that would be a really cool moment. That would be around that, I don't know, 50 years from now, hopefully, I'm sitting on the porch and would tell my grandkids about win or lose. You know what I mean? Like, it'd just be a really cool situation. Um, Austin did his part. He got there. I feel like I did my part, too. I made a good run. But, uh, again, Jeremy Deemers, no slouch in the other lane. He laid down 15 total for me, round two, which was a blind round, which adds a... at some degree of difficulty to 15 total. I was solid. I was five take 12, which put me 2000s under. So it didn't work out for me. But again, when I look back on it, I had a blast for the last month. And like I couldn't take solace, I guess. And the idea, like with the exception of one round at Utah where I let go 40, I drove awesome. It just didn't fall into place for me. And I can deal with that. that that's cool. Yeah. Still a, a heck of a season and attempt to, to win it. And, you know, with Facebook and, and keeping up with our memories and things being documented so much better these days. And now the addition to the, uh, to the podcast in your life, um, you know, you're going to look back on the talk, the discussion, the, the things you've done, and it's still going to be pretty cool. And Gary will get to check it out as well. So congratulations on a great year, but Austin, you my dog. <laughs> I mean, you know, you my partner, Luke. You my partner, and I love you, and I want you to win. But Austin, Austin might have really helped me more than than I even realized was possible. Yeah, we talked about our NHRA wager last week, and we'll close the show on this note because. Austin definitely helped your cause here. Oh, Austin, I love you, brother. (laughs) The way that this shakes down, again, for those of you that are just catching on, the six NHRA sportsman categories, Jed and I drafted three drivers in each class, redrafted them in June, halfway through the season, with the idea being that we get uh, points, basically, for each world champion that we pick. Obviously, there's still some racing to be done, but at this point, it looks as though there are fairly sure bets in top sportsman, Jeffrey Barker. Although Sandy Wilkins has made a like fantastic run up to within striking distance. I don't know if you've noticed that, Jed. Like, that's not over. 
Dude, I quit watching Top Sportsman a long time ago. As did I. But <laughs> Sandy has run up there like, I don't know that he can do it now because I don't think he has enough national events left. Or I don't think there's Top Sportsman contested at enough national events. And that's where he needs to make up ground. But he made that way more interesting than anybody thought he would. Uh, well, so, unfortunately for me, just so the listeners know, if Sandy does overtake Jeffrey Barker, that don't help me a bit. It still helps you. Yeah, no, I still you, have the you top You got like the top in, 11 in, in top, top sportsman. Yeah. So fairly sure bets <laughs> at this point. It looks as though I'm going to get a point in top sportsman. And it looks as though I'm going to get a point in super stock with Justin Lamb. Now, with Austin's win last week, you are almost assured of getting that point in super comp. So we're two to one. Um, where this is going to swing... Stock eliminators up in the air. I have Kevin Helms on my team. He is the leader. He's been leading most of the year. You have Jerry Emmons, who has the best shot probably of anyone to overtake him. Justin Lamb could spoil the fun for both of us. He could get up there and uh, and take that. Neither of us have Justin on our team in stock, so that would be a, a no point there. Super Gas, you have an outside opportunity to steal a point there. You've got Ray Ray. We've talked about that chase. Ray Ray's got a shot. I do have the leader in the clubhouse. John LaBoost Jr. At this point, I'm not sure either one of those are the favorite. Chris Cannon's probably the favorite. Neither mm. of us have Chris Cannon, so that's potential no point there. And then in top dragster, we both have long shots at best. I have KB. If Lynn Ellison fails to improve this weekend, I think KB has a mathematical shot. He'd have to run the table at Reynolds and Rockingham, but he is KB. So that's possible. Yes, um, it is. And you've got Mikey C., Mikey Coughlin, who's had an excellent year, still has races left. I would assume, I didn't look at the entry list, I would assume Mike is in Dallas this weekend. So on paper, you probably have a better chance than I do there, but I think either one of those guys would be a bit of a long shot. So in short, this wager is uh, far from decided. I'd say I've got a slight edge at this point, but it's wide open. Now, last week, Jed, we put the call out to our listeners, because while we have been playing this game for the better part of nine months, and it's been a contest, admittedly, you want to win, I want to win. We didn't really have a wager in place. So we reached out to listeners of the show, hey, give us some ideas here. And uh, and we got some ideas. We did get some ideas. <laughs> and, um, you know, you and I are going to decide on yeah, what we we're going to go with. Here. And as I look down the, the list that you just covered, I mean, whatever we decide, I, I, I feel like I need to get prepared for. So I'm trying not to let that be part of my yeah we really should uh, have voting process in february but we're we're cool with it (laughs) i'm trying not to let it be part of my voting process because i feel like whatever wager we have i'm going to uh, be the loser um the way it looks right now but nonetheless so we had suggestions from the listeners been put on our facebook page and luke they're wanting us to get tattoos Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one that came from uh, Trevor Rouge. Loser has to get a small tattoo of the winner's choice. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that, Jed, that pure body of yours does not <laughs> yes, currently sir. include any tattoos. Is that is that accurate? I'm tattooless at the moment, yes. I am also tattoo-free. And no offense to anyone that likes the body art, I don't have any intention of getting a tattoo. That's a little extreme for me. What do you think? Yeah, for me too. I will be 75 one day, and so I'm just going to avoid them. Again, no offense to anybody, but I'm probably not the guy you look at and go, oh, cool, cool tat. (laughs) (laughs) Just can't picture that. (laughs) No, I really can't. Well, what what is that? Like a, is that a roast beef sandwich or something? (laughs) 
Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> we uh, we did get a, a a suggestion from uh, Greg Newman that somebody needs to be a quote unquote bug in shorty shorts for the other. I assume that's like backing up from the burnout, waving us into stage. That would mm. be entertaining, uh, uh, distracting, but entertaining. Yeah, it would be all of that, and um, I am a guy that probably needs as long a shorts as possibly can get on, because you want to cover as much of this as you can, so <laughs> probably not a great idea, a, a fun, neat idea, but probably not very fitting um, for uh, myself or, or you. You'd probably wear them a lot better than me, Luke. Not much, not much. <laughs> Ryan Gleghorn suggested that the the loser have to change our uh, our Facebook like relation. I, like if I lost, Jed would have to be my dad, so I'd call you daddy on Facebook. <laughs> that seems like more of a millennial thing. Like I, that wouldn't yeah. really that wouldn't really affect me that much. What do, what do you think yeah. there? Yeah, that wouldn't bother me a bit, Luke. And um, I would have to get somebody to go tell me where you go on Facebook to do that. So I don't know if I've ever looked at anybody's relation to anybody else. Don't know where I'd even find it on my page or yours. So that wouldn't create probably quite as much humiliation as we're looking for. Did we get a group text on this or did Todd just send that to me and I sent it to you? Our buddy Todd Berry came up with a, a pretty good suggestion, yeah. an entertaining suggestion. Todd's not on Facebook, so he sent it in via text. And he basically sent me this picture of a, like a dinosaur Halloween costume and said, loser needs to work the water box. I assume like at the million or at the spring fling, some high, high visibility event in a dinosaur costume, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was really funny, but I don't know where I'd get a dinosaur costume. I yeah, don't know I where I'd find one that fits my big behind. I could see the logistics of that being a little tricky. I don't think... I don't think you go to Walmart and get uh, Barney in a uh, in a two X. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Dinosaurs should be a lot taller than me, so there's probably a lot of that costume that wouldn't be getting used right. So, I think we've decided against that. Uh, so you got tattoos, which is a lifetime humiliation sentence. We've got shorty shorts, which would be basically a, a one round humiliation sentence that would go away quickly the daddy thing again that would probably last a long time but i don't even know where you find that information on facebook and then the dinosaur which is a very short-term thing as well uh maybe around working the water box so yeah so everything's kind of got its flaws i I think what we're going to end up going with here and, and it may be just because it's the uh the most normalized maybe applicable maybe easiest but vince hoda had this suggestion and then it was uh, it was followed up a little bit later in the discussion but uh, basically vince said if jed wins luke has to have a decal made that reads jed's biggest fan with a picture of your face on it fairly significant size decal and put it on my car for the entire 2018 season uh, obviously if i'm the winner you would do the same thing in reverse and he goes on to say maybe it should read luke or jed taught me everything that i know I kind of like that idea. I believe it was Jason Overstreet. That's change, right? That's loose change. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. Loser rocks a big decal. Uh, like I was schooled by Luke, or I was schooled by Jed. Kind of along those same lines. This sounds like where we're going to go, Jed. What do you think? I like it a lot. I think you, you know, it's obviously uh, something that would not only show who wins and give them all the bragging rights, as the other has to wear the decal, but it's a conversation piece. It should help the show. 
people want to know what's that all about. So you tell them and maybe they listen if they're not already listening. And at the end of the term, it's removable. Everybody wins. Everybody wins, Luke. It's a great idea. So those of you come up with a decal idea. Call out I like Chase it. Huffman right now. Uh, Chase, get on the design. Uh, what do we? What, should we? Should we specify a size here? Like I'm thinking, um, well, two foot by one foot somewhere in there. It's got to be a good size. Ooh, ooh a two by one. That's a. Dude, I know how you are about Big Red. I will allow you if I yeah. come out on top of this. I will allow you to put this on the back glass. Okay, thank you, Luke, so much. That's uh, I was getting a little nervous right I know, there. I know how I know. You was wanting a quarter panel or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we don't stick decals on the paint on Big Red, but uh, but now now we've just decided it's going to be a decal. Should we? And I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Should we reach out to the listeners and get decal ideas? Or are we are we comfortable with what's going to be on the decal? Well, maybe maybe we should specify this a little bit more. Mark, on it. All right. <laughs> we need, Our assistant, Mark Romeo, will will put a post out on Facebook. We and, need detail size, design, what it's going to say. We, we need to get detailed here. But we are in agreement. We, the loser will run a decal for the entire 2018 season. This will likely either be on the Vega or on Big Red. The whole 2018 season going to be a decal. This is really good. I'm excited. So I'm thinking center of the back window and just, you know, it is what it is. Because I, I know I'm going to be wearing this decal. <laughs> uh, let y'all go easy on me, please, on the Facebook page. You know, no no two inch by one inch stuff. Let's make this thing visible. But, you know, don't y'all please don't have a, a consensus that it needs to be three foot by two foot or, <laughs> you know, a, do a full, whole vehicle wrap. Why don't we? <laughs> a full back window decal because so, Luke's going to win. So. But I'll proudly wear the decal. And, uh, and again, hopefully it spurs some conversation, helps the show grow. That's what it's all about. Jed, I know some of this will get edited out. I know we talked for a while before we started recording, but we've been on the phone for two hours and I love you, but I'm sick of listening to you. So I assume our listeners are probably thinking the same thing. Let's close this thing up for episode 47. What do you say? I'm in, bud. Uh, this does wrap up episode 47, guys. Um, definitely want to say thanks to our sponsors. This is Bracket Racing Elite. Seabrook Performance and Racing RVs, uh, those people are bringing the show to you every week, and we're thankful to have them involved, and uh, hopefully you're choosing them when it's time for you to, to get products or services that they offer. I uh, definitely want to say thanks to our guest, Britt Cummings, guy that, that we like a lot and was a great interview. Britt, awesome job, and uh, looking forward to what you and Galen have coming up. And uh, always. Mind, Britt is not a race promoter. Britt is a racer that likes cool bleep. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Line of 2017. <laughs> Want to say thanks to our buddy PJ North. All the music, all the the drops, the special stuff that PJ does for us. Um, check him out. He's uh, he's on all the major outlets for music. Uh, he's got a new EP out, so make sure you're listening to PJ's music and supporting him as he supported us in our sport. Our assistant Mark Romeo. Uh, very thankful to have him involved. He's really helped the show, uh, Luke has done most of the pre-work up until we got Mark. So it was a burden on Luke and I just come in and gas bag and rattle on for a couple hours and get to be part of the show. But uh, Mark's relieved some of that, doing a great job. If you got ideas for the show, reach out to him. Uh, you can email him. 
on his personal email if you have it you can reach out to him on the sportsman drag racing podcast facebook page uh, or you can get to mark's personal facebook page mark romeo he'll respond to you quickly and um hopefully somebody can bring some good content if uh, we need some ideas for the show and guys as always this is number 47 and we're bringing the show to you every week of the calendar year. I hadn't missed one yet. I know we're a little late with them the last two or three times, but it's been a challenge to get our schedule synced up. But we're still doing it every week, and we're going to continue to do it every week, and we uh, definitely want you to, to keep listening in. Yeah, we're about to get back on schedule here, too, as our personal racing seasons begin to wind down. Easiest way to get the podcast every week and make sure that you don't miss a new episode is to subscribe. You can do that on whatever service you are listening to this podcast on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, and on Stitcher. As always, tell your friends. Word of mouth is probably our best advertiser. Tell them how much you like listening to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, assuming that you do like listening to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And seeing as we are a good 80-plus minutes in, if you're still hearing me, you probably <laughs> like listening to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. So tell your friends. And uh, as always, we put out the call. Get your track involved. Downtime, parking time, oil downtime at the racetrack. Jed, you know the announcer get tired of talking uh, at that yes. point. Put us on. I, I think our uh, our show is applicable and uh, and an easy listen for the majority of the field at those events. Encourage your racetrack to play us over the uh, PA to uh, get the word out a little bit more about Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And lastly, join us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. You can message us there. You can be a part of the conversation there. And you can always touch base with us on Twitter as well. I am at Luke Bogacki. That's B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And he is at JP11X. Big Jed, next week we'll preview the million. I will see you there between now and then. Have fun in Huntsville. And uh, safe travels to everybody out there listening. I will, bud, and good luck to you, and uh, I think we need to let you can just start wrapping up the entire show because I rambled really bad right there, but appreciate you guys listening and look forward to talking to you next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in, attitude like I am already winning in, foot breaking in anything, bottom bobbing for a 10, I'm rolling in the cutty switching feet like... Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, this is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests. Racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers. That's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, 
This is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.